This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Hi, this is Toby Kavalibok of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Welcome to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, today we are talking about shooting, shooting sports to be exact. We have uh, the two co-leaders of Women of Bassa joining us, Ingrid Thompson and Tara Hokuff. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Gav. So I'll let either one of you take this. What is the Women of Bassa? I guess I'll take that. So <laughs> the Women of Bassa, we're a group of like-minded women um, who are really passionate about self-defense and just the education that goes behind firearm training. Um, so the Women of Bassa, we're a small group that mostly focuses on like defense situation, handguns. Um, we practice out at the Bassa Range. Um, up on 89 and so we do kind of a classroom training every month and then we like to get out on the range and do some hands-on shooting Um, we have some great instructors um, and range safety officers who are always willing to help so yeah that's kind of the gist but how many people are involved Tara um, you know, there's probably 30 official members on the roster now. We had some transition time there between our different names of our group. We used to be affiliated with a national group. Um, and then, honestly, dues just increased, and we decided we would rather our money go and stay local. So we are now the women of BASA. So I would say about 30 strong, but at our peak, we were up to 50. Okay, and BASA is Bemidji Area Shooters Association, correct? Yes. Okay, so you're tied in with the overall uh, Bemidji Shooters Group. But this organization, uh, you mentioned a lot about self-defense. Is, that, is it more self-defense than than shooting sports, or what is the emphasis here? Yeah, it's mostly we focus more on the self-defense part of it, um, but our education ranges from everything from how handguns work and their different components to situational awareness to um, in September we're going over to the Trap and Skeet Club, um, which is also part of the Northland Shooting Regional um, Shooting Club. So it kind of ranges from everything, and we can kind of take our group um, for what our members' interests are and kind of do the trainings based on those. But we are more heavily handgun and self-defense focused. Well, Terry, you've been involved in this for a long time, and uh, you're getting ready for the annual August Academy, which goes back to the previous organization. How many years has the Academy been going now? This is our fifth annual, so okay. five five solid years of doing this specific event. So it, uh, it's coming up this weekend, and again, we should talk about the fact that it's at the uh, Northland Shooting Sports Park, which is up Highway 89, pretty easy to find. Yeah, the signs will get you there. Just get on 89, you'll see the signs. So what, what's going on this weekend at the uh, at the event? Um, so this weekend, it goes Friday through Sunday. Um, Friday afternoon is pretty much an open house where you can come meet and greet us, the women of BASA, but also some of the actual BASA membership. The board will be out there. There is the youth BB gun shoot on Friday as well. So if you have kids who want to come learn some safety and try their hand at shooting a BB gun in our big inflatable range. That would be awesome. Um, Saturday is a big day. It goes all day, 9 to 6. There's a three-gun challenge again, a drop plate competition, a silent auction, which is our main fundraiser for the whole year. We've got tons of awesome donations for that. Um, 
There's a ladies-only handgun handling and safety class in the morning. In the afternoon, there's that kids' safety class we talked about. And then I think our lunch hour is probably the most exciting because it's new. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, besides having some awesome food catered by Warwick Brothers Barbecue for a free will donation and Heroes Rise Coffee all day, um, we also have our emergency responders coming out to do almost like a mini wheels event. Mm. Um, so the Bemidji Fire Department, the Beltrami County Sheriffs, the North Country First Responders, and a Sherp will all be attending our lunch hour on Saturday. Explain to me what a three-gun competition is. Yeah, so a three-gun competition is super fun. Um, so what they do is they have three different guns that they shoot. So a rifle, a shotgun, and then a handgun. Um, and it's a timed event, so you kind of see them running around, moving station to station. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of different targets involved, whether they're spinning ones, whether they're way down range for the rifle shooting. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting and pretty fun. We usually get a really good turnout. And the event this weekend is free for everybody? It is free, and we really encourage the public to come out. And, and if nothing else, just come see the facility out there because so many people still don't understand what an amazing spot we have at our access. So, yeah, the clubhouse will be open. The whole range will be open. People can come watch the competitions, check out the silent auction, and <laughs> bid on things. So what are some of the uh, big silent auction items we can go for? Oh, gosh. We have so many. Um it feels like most of the businesses around town, we've been really luck- lucky. We've had a lot of local support. Um, Tara's been handling most of the donations, so she would know some of the bigger ones. Honestly, I don't know. It depends what you're most interested in, but it's everything from greenhouse gift certificates to restaurant gift certificates. There's ammunition. I know that's a good one. <laughs> um, we have a few uh, guns. That came in, the BB guns that were donated. Um, Ken K. Thompson Jewelry donated two jewelry items. So we literally have everything from kids' stuff to ammunition to guns to jewelry to wow to Bloody Mary baskets. <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> It's kind of okay. a mix of everything. So I'm sure everybody could find something that they like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, of course, it all goes... To your to your group, right? Yes, 100% of the proceeds from the silent auction will come back to the Women of Bassa. And we use that money mostly for supplies, but also to grant scholarships for our members to do additional safety trainings. Um, Ingrid talked about having range safety officers, so we have to have them on the shooting line anytime we're doing any kind of live fire activities. And, of course, there's costs with those trainings. So sure. we're able to use those funds to help help our group. Later on in the show, Dr. Andy is back in to answer another question. But up next, we continue our conversation about the Women of Bassaw's August Academy at the Northland Regional Sports Park this weekend. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Cast a line this summer and discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, with over 400 lakes and a 25-mile radius, creates a premier destination for all anglers. With an abundance of multi-species available, you'll catch more fish, bigger fish, and create better stories to last a lifetime. For more information, go to visitbemidji.com. This is Bro reminding you that the coolest people are on Paul Bunyan Country and Kevin Jackson, too. 
Tara Hokuff and Ingrid Thompson, the co-leaders of the Women of Bassa, my guest today, talking about their August Academy and the Women of Bassa in general. How did you guys get involved in this? Well, Tara called me one day and was like, hey, buddy, <laughs> I found this really cool group. I think it's a great idea, but I can't do it by myself. And I said, okay, send me the information. And then that was six years ago and kind of started it from there. And we were you know, expecting we'd maybe have five or six other people and it would just kind of be a fun monthly thing to do. And it's kind of turned into this really fun, really great group of like-minded women who come every month and they're excited to learn. And yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. What about you, Tara? Um, I had joined the BASA board first, actually, just being active out on the range. And they were talking about trying to, trying to find a place where women would be comfortable because not everybody's loves learning from their husbands or brothers or dads. (laughs) Um, And so I just kind of started doing some research, and that's how we found that national group, which was a great springboard and gave us kind of the structure we needed to do it on our own. And and we've hit it out of the ballpark, I think. Yeah. Well, how did you first get interested in shooting? I mean, it's just something you picked up as an adult. Was you part of that? family heritage thing that so many people are part of? Yes, I think both of us grew up with parents and siblings who were all very into hunting. So, you know, it kind of started like that for both of us. Um, So we were always just raised around it. And we definitely both know the struggle of trying to learn from the males in our life. So when she said women only, that was kind of the big ticket for me. And I, I know you grew up hunting and fishing and all that stuff, right? I did. And I'm I'm one of the gals who's very blessed to have had grandparents and, and a dad and a brother who drug me along for everything and didn't complain about it, actually. So, um, yeah, I just, I'd like to, to give more women the opportunity if they don't have it within their own families. Okay. Um, so people listening, uh, particularly women listening, that uh, have not been part of this before, sat this weekend would be a great time to get out there and see what's going on. Uh, how do you get involved if you want to join the Women of Bassa? Well, we meet the second Tuesday of every month at 5.30 out at the Bassa Clubhouse. Um, you can find us on Facebook if you just search Women of Bassa, so B-A-S-A. Um, but... We really encourage everybody just to come out any of those Tuesdays, specifically this weekend. There'll be a bunch of us out there. You don't have to commit to joining. Um, if you do decide to join, uh, it's now just a membership to BASA with an extra $10 to join our portion. So if you already have a family membership, um, you just have to add 10 bucks to it to be a part of the Women of BASA. Yeah. Um, and this weekend, although you know it's Women of BASA are putting it on, it's for everybody. It's for everyone, right? Yes, definitely. We still will be outnumbered. There, there, there yeah. will still be a lot more guys out there with all the events going on. Um, and the guys of BASA are really, really supportive of our group. And honestly, you just got to come experience it. I got to think that uh, for for some for anybody who who maybe is not familiar with that park or have not been out there, it's, it'd be a great time to go out there. There is so much more to that park than meets the eye. I go to the trap sh- the United Way trap shoot thing every year, and that's only one small part of the park. I mean, it's massive. Yeah, it's huge. So you have you know our side of the range, the Bassa Range, and there's four bays there. So 
And then you have the Trap and Skeet Club, and then there's the whole training area behind the park. So I don't even know how many acres it is. Maybe you don't, but it's it's quite big. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, again, you go out Highway 89 north. You'll see the sign, and you follow it, I'm assuming, because... There are certain areas of the park that, that, like you say, there's a different part for you than there is the trap shooting. So will, will you, there be signs to guide us to the right portion? Uh, but the signs, we, we have heard people say the signs are a little hard to spot. So if you head north on 89, it's pretty much right at the three-mile marker, and you'll turn west um, yep. down, down into the Northland Regional Sports Park. The first building on the right is the Trap and Ski Club. And I believe Saturday afternoon they'll have somebody there for their open to the public hours as well. But you just keep following that road to the end, and you'll run right into the Bassa Clubhouse. Okay. Anything else we should know before we wrap it up? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> We're excited. Yeah. Okay. We can't wait to see everybody and meet some new faces. And, and again, no charge to come on out and take part in the, in the activities. And Saturday seems to be the really big day for people. Definitely Saturday is the busiest and the best chance to meet the most faces. Mm-hmm. Ingrid Thompson and Tara Hoka are the co-leaders of the Women of Bassa. Their big August Academy is this weekend, and again, Saturday, probably the key day. Thank you both for being here today. Have fun this weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Kev. Ask the aquatic it's time to ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes, another important question. Andy, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, Rodney Dangerfield used to say, I don't get no respect. And, <laughs> and for years and years, this fish got no respect. It was People laughed at it. They had a festival about it because it was a laughable fish. All of a sudden, this is the sexy fish everybody wants to catch. We're talking about, of course, the eel pout. Um, first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about the eel pout. It's a, it's a truly unique fish uh, in so many ways, including when it actually is active. Oh, for sure. They're uh, really neat. They're fun to go fishing for. Um, they become very susceptible to angling at certain times, so it, you can catch them pretty easily. Uh, generally a little bit better if you go at dusk or a little bit after dark, for sure. Uh, they'll pick up, so that's one of the... I'm more of a daytime fisherman, so I don't <laughs> fish for them very often. But other than that, uh, really beautiful. You know, if you look at the pictures of them, um, yeah, top predator and lots of the systems too that they're in. So, neat fish. One of the reasons that they are so um, popular and so easy, well, easier to catch during uh, hard water season is they are like the only fish that spawns during hard water season. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so we just finished up a, a research project on that uh, too as well where we actually tagged 66 of them and looked at their home range sizes over the course of the year. And, yeah, really late ice conditions, you know, February, March, things like that. Um, they congregate into areas. It, I think that's one of the reasons they may be becoming a little popular too is it's almost an opportunity to extend your fishing season as tag, right, and right. Find, target something new uh, later on. So, yep. It- Go ahead. It, it's uh, it's it's gotten a new classification from rough fish. Now it's a sport fish. That ha- hasn't changed anything yet. But but what do you think that will change about eel pout in the future? So I'm not an, entirely sure about the plans that the DNR has for it. But I think they're setting the stage uh, for potentially having some, you know, bag limits on them during that time of the year, and I. I think there would be some angler support on that. I think that as they're becoming more popular 
we realize that it is probably a limited resource out there. I think one of the issues is that we just don't know a lot about them yet. They're very difficult to sample uh, with standard fisheries gear. So really, uh, you know, every time that we've sampled pout because we had to, we used angling equipment. And that's not, you know, <laughs> I don't think that's a, a re- you know, frequently used gear by the MNDNR. So yeah. that's one of the issues. We just don't know how many there are in the systems uh, you know that we have i'm not aware of a mark recapture study out there so even in bad medicine where we did our research project uh, i think tyler robinson the, the graduate student down there did a mark recapture study but he didn't have very many recaptures maybe one or two so our confidence intervals were just huge right uh, so i think that's one of the big things is they're setting the stage uh, to potentially set some regulations on them but really we need more data on these fish well and and you know i've talked to a few of the very passionate uh eel powders out there and they're all pretty much in favor of having a bag limit on them um they they want them to stick around yeah they're, they're a really really neat fish you know we did a, a some of the fish that we had to sacrifice for that study we did the diets on them and there was a lot of crayfish in their stomachs and also a lot of rocks <laughs> it was really interesting. Like thirty percent of the mass that was in the stomachs of those fish was rocks. Oh wow! Yeah, I okay. thought that was a, just kind of a neat thing that we found. Okay. But really cool fish, uh, and I would hope that there's some support out there to potentially, you know, as we learn more about them, uh, to to regulate them a little bit so they don't yeah. can be here for our children and things. I think at this point, I think you can still fish them twelve months out of the year, and I don't think there's a limit on them. But I'm assuming. At least one of those things is coming down the pike at some point. Yeah, you know, have you ever heard of anybody catching a burbot outside of ice fishing season? Not, I've heard it very occasionally, yeah. um, but but not often. No. Yeah, so that's you know the year-round angling up. What influence does it really? Right. If you take that away, you know, the fun time to catch them is when they're spawning. So I think there's some challenges there about regulating when you can fish them. But I think there's some potential on potentially limiting how many you can keep. Okay. Uh, you know, because they, they can be a tasty fish and, you know, yeah. I think there are some people that are, you know, keeping quite a few of them. So. Well, I, you know, and I hear stories from back in the day, um, people just toss them, leave them to die on, yeah. on, the, on the ice and le- leech in particular, but Lake Bemidji as well. And so that, the, the cool thing is that's not happening anymore. And uh, with increased management, that will continue to be less and less of a problem i would think i would hope so and i think that maybe that this is one of the things that this is doing right is just making people more aware that they are really neat fish uh and many consider them a sport fish right and so hopefully that type of a waste isn't occurring anymore all right dr andrew haves from bemidji state university we were asking the aquatic biologist this time around about eel pout andy thanks for your time today thanks for having me Pop, bunny, and country.